Hey, Christian, listen to this. What? <laughs> we have show music back. We have show music. This is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Thursday, May 14th. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences, our ideas, our thoughts. Your stories let us know that we're not alone. And now that we've hit our, basically our two-month mark, you know, we really need to feel like we're not alone. Yeah, so email us, or better yet, send a one- to two-minute voice memo. You can record it on your smartphone. Send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And please share this show with your friends, colleagues, family members, your ex-husbands. In my case, (laughs) we want these (laughs) stories to be heard, and they're human. So we're all humans. Let's share them with other humans. Yeah. Do it. Today we're chatting with Scott Robinson, Lawrence. Mm, we were on his show. We were, we were on his live variety his live show. stream <laughs> broadcast variety show. That was exciting. It was. And I was very nervous. And of course, you know, uh, I may have done a few things that I shouldn't have done. But yeah, um, <laughs> it was it was pretty fantastic. So wow. he now he's going to return the favor and come join us for our show and talk about, you know, what it's been like to run a production company during these times. And also to starting a variety show live. Yeah, live. That's amazing. Christian, it's almost the end of week. I don't know. I don't 432. know. 432. Two months. Let's call it right Two now. Months. Yeah, right? Because um, yeah. Friday the 13th Actually, in March was when, you know, uh, mm-hmm. most of every job canceled. And by yeah. Sunday the 15th, right, was when you guys, when yeah. LA went into shutdown? Some early version of lockdown. Like, I don't think our stay-at-home orders really came until maybe the 18th. But the mm-hmm. 15th is when bars and restaurants closed. Yeah, the sad, sad day. So that, you know, what are my hobbies? <laughs> going to bars, going to restaurants, and visiting non-essential businesses. So, yeah, for me, it felt like everything shut down the 15th. Yeah, and I got home on the 17th. So, yeah, yeah this is right at our two-month mark. And today I woke up happy. Really? And I don't, I can't understand it. And I'm... I also feel a bit guilty about it. There's many feelings that it makes me feel, but in the end, I woke up happy and that's been the first time since this whole thing started. Wow. And it, it may be hope, it may be just, you know, virus fatigue. It might yeah. be needing to feel something different or just, you know, happy to be alive. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a combo, a combo of all of those things. But I used to say before all the city day that, you know, we woke up was a good day because you woke up and the alternative sucks. And today was the first day during all of this. It was it, it feels it's not lip service. I'm very thankful to be here and thankful and happy today. Well, that's great. It feels fucking weird, though, dude, I have to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And so, yeah, I'm going to live in it until it's over. We'll see. Yeah, good. Enjoy it while it's here. And even if it doesn't make sense, you know, hey. It doesn't make any sense. But, uh, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, how are you doing? I'm okay. 
I think I'm still in this kind of state of confusion. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw some crazy video of a police officer coming to shut down a, you know, Waffle House in Fresno or something like that. Right. And all the citizens and customers were trying to block the officer from going in the store. Wow. It was angry and heated and strange. And it's like, whoa. You know, they're yelling at the officer that he doesn't have a right to be there or, you know, go inside or, you know, it's his private property. You know, it's just like, oof, things are things are on tilt. Desperate. As you, as you say in, in the in the pinball, in the pinball <laughs> profession. <laughs> tilt. <laughs> <laughs> flashing tilt yeah well uh we we brought it up a few weeks ago but desperation has really started to set in yeah again multiple people i keep seeing the posts on different forums about multiple people not receiving any kind of benefit help at all it's completely unsustainable oh yes and i sat in on a round table last night of crew members that somebody else would put on and what i noticed mostly was the need to get back to work and the fear that precautions weren't going to be taken and that the need to work is going to outweigh their need for safety at some point yeah. and that was the discussion and fear and it again just <laughs> broke my heart in a way that is like I can never imagine putting somebody in that position, yeah. let alone they're willing to be put into that position because they have to feed their families. Well, you know, it's like yesterday on our crew roundtable, we talk about rates. We asked everyone about rates and, uh, you know, whether or not they're willing to take a discount, you right. know, just put themselves on sale in order to win the very few jobs that are out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone said, no, check back in three months. Yes, we're... What I was hearing last night was, yes. Yeah. Any income right now. And I do think that part of it is, you know, a larger discussion based on societal norms and disparities that, you know, this virus is shining a big light on because, Mm -hmm. uh, and also too, how very much we live in a society with a lot more people living paycheck to paycheck than we ever knew. Yeah. Or month to month. Month to month, yeah. What does that say about, you know, how robust of an economy we supposedly had if, you know, so many If it's so precariously. It's so fragile. Yeah. And I, just also, too, like, <laughs> somebody mentioned that they had, they had a good year last year like you did and invested in equipment in January. Ouch. Yeah. So obligations are not going away, but the work has. Ugh, it's just it's it's gut wrenching everywhere. And I know we it talk is. about it every day, but there's just no we just the, the light that we have to shine on it just needs to keep happening because yeah. nothing's yeah. happening to fix it. And, it, you know, what I said is not a judgment on people that do feel like they need to reduce. Of course their rates. not. I'm just talking about how sad it is that mm-hmm. uh, we've come to this point in our industry. Right. You know, these are these are the people at the top of their abilities. Oh, yeah. The most talented craftspeople, the ones we work with, the ones in the commercial industry. They're the highest paid, the most nimble, the most agile and the most creative. And to hear them all t- just talking about discounting the rates is, is just a little disheartening. But I get it. I get it. Yeah. Some of the people on the call I recognize from when I was a coordinator. So uh, they're top of their industry Mm -hmm. and they're still in that position. And I know that you and I would like to 
consider ourselves ethical producers. Mm-hmm. I do consider myself that. I, I consider you that. And I'd like to think that I would not put somebody in the position of having to lower their rate. But I also, too, understand that I'm in a position right now where I'm not willing to lower my rate to take a job. Mm-hmm. There are people who are just as talented as we are who are in a position that would lower their rate to take a job and then would mm-hmm. ask crew to lower their rate to take a job. So the judgment isn't there in that sense. It's just, Mm-mm. I also feel strongly about banding together and making sure that we fight for each other as much as we can. Yeah. Two cents. Two cents. It's actually more like five cents, but. <laughs> Why is it? <laughs> You know, you're, you want to give us your two cents, but people only pay a penny for your thoughts. <laughs> somebody's losing a penny or making a penny. I don't or, know. Or somebody's worth more than they're getting paid for, it seems, <laughs> as it were. Um, hmm. If you haven't been to our website yet, there's a page on there called Take Action. And on there, we've got a lot of uh, resources, a lot of links to resources if you need financial help for people like us in the industry. And there's also some things you can do on there to volunteer, to donate, and to help other people out if you have the means. Feed the Freelancers has a nice new website. They do. And I, I've i been passing it out to people in group forums. Just, you know, I, I know that another thing about our industry is we don't like to ask for help. Yeah. So um, there is a place on Feed the Freelancers webpage where you can go and request help. Yes. And I think you should. Yeah, don't be ashamed. Yeah, you're not asking your friends. You're asking an organization that is absolutely yeah. set up to do this. So, Exactly. Mm-hmm. And freelance life ain't easy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on with our interview. Let's do it. Scott Robinson is an innovative and effective executive producer and director with experience in broadcast, web content, interactive, and live productions. His company, Robinson Films, Inc., was started in 2007 as a New York City-based production service company, working mostly with international clients, producing commercials with a stable of wonderful directors. Over the years, they created award-winning media for clients such as Honeycomb Serial, Colgate, United Nations, David Letterman, Turner Classic Movies, and Filmstruck. Let's take a listen. Hi, Scott. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'd love to check in, see how you're doing, how your family's doing, how's Kate, how are the cats, how are the boys? Okay, well, in that order, (laughs) uh, Kate is wonderful. You know, she is a little backstory. She's an emergency room nurse here at Long Island Jewish Hospital, and She's been seeing some amazing, you know, heart-wrenching, and I would say on the most part, sad things. This is a medical community that's used to repairing people and then sending them on their way with the, honestly, um, in a given day or a given week, the outlier being someone for some reason who didn't make it. And usually a lot of those things have to do with someone who's been very sick for a long time or is very old. Right. Uh, And unfortunately, these days, that is simply not the case. And people who in our society in this day and age, you would not consider to be life or death, you know, situations Mm -hmm. in their normal lives, unfortunately, because of this disease 
uh, we're seeing a lot more people like that perish. So it's taking an emotional toll on Kate and all her friends. I, I sure. can see that. I can hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, but health wise, uh, we mm-hmm. have really, I mean, I honest to God, how many times in a day can you wash your hands? Well, it's almost <laughs> infinite, but, but that's the answer. That's the answer. Right. And it's, I was thinking about it today and it's not just washing your hands. It's like washing your hands. Like you're going into surgery every day. <laughs> exactly. I have, I'm always carrying some form of a mask or face of cover, mm-hmm. um, you know, because even Kate and I, when we, when we are in the same room, we both put a cover on. And, and you know, it's gotten, I've gotten a little confused. Um, I can't remember if I'm protecting her. Or she's protecting me right, because she, right. <laughs> she's the yeah, one yeah. that goes into the COVID yeah. factory. You know, this is where they make this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the extra layer of having it so close to home is got to be a bit stressful, too. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because some. I have to be very patient with myself to remember step by step. Like, do you remember the first time you brought groceries home? Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's like, what the heck am I supposed to do? So that's happening. And, you know, and that's that's where we're at. And each day we're just uh, living that reality and trying to improve upon our control. Yeah, right. So, Scott, we know, you know, obviously we read your bio, so the audience knows a bit about you and what you do. What were you doing leading up to the pandemic in the few weeks that was leading up to the shutdown? Did you have projects in the works? Where was your mindset? What were you doing at that time? And then when you realized, oh, this is a a big problem. Yeah. So a lot of the DNA of our company, um, it's just where we started. We started as production service and we started as let us help you navigate New York City. And over the years, we've grown into having outlets in New Orleans, Chicago, and Los Angeles. And we've done a number of jobs in DC as well. So I don't know if you've looked at a map recently, but you know, all of those, (laughs) all of those are the hot spots. Uh So, so in terms of, you know, one huge chunk of our business, Mm-hmm. Uh, like right away, we were on the books with a German company and they needed to come to New York. And we were all really excited about what we were going to get because a lot of times when production service shoots come to New York, you know, they want the standard package, you know, right. they want yeah. the Statue of Liberty. They want the Empire State Building. Yeah, they want yeah. the yellow cabs. They want the hot dog vendor. I got a hot dog i've got chits from hot dog vendors all over the city (laughs) (laughs) sign this (laughs) um these guys wanted some different cool stuff bridges you know and uh no sooner had they agreed to our numbers and everything but i think the next day all international flights were Mm -hmm. canceled so that was you know, that was the first immediate, I had been reading the news and Kate and I had been communicating about like what ifs and all those kinds of things. So we knew that something larger was on the horizon than was really being spoken about in the media. And then that was the first plug that got pulled right away. And then we do a lot of promo work for, you know, some of the bigger stations and things like that in right away instantly. And and that means that we're on the set of whatever television program Mm -hmm. is filming 
and we're mm -hmm. doing some behind the scenes and then we're doing interviews with stars and then right there mid-march all the bigger networks just pulled stopped all production i'm sure yeah and and that's the scene in the movie where the submarine runs silent run deep <laughs> exactly. Well, so moving forward, right? Um, I'm sure you're getting a lot of ants in their pants clients. And I, I only know this because I've received those phone calls about, you know, people, where can we film in the world? When can we film in LA? When can we film in New York? All of those. So are you getting boards coming across? Are there discussions going on with brands? Are they hanging back and just waiting to see who goes first? What, what are you hearing out there? Right. So uh, honestly, I think in the immediate last couple, I don't know, maybe it's been two weeks, I've had three work style things. One was we want to attempt the little cute child doing the monologue about mm. how this has brought us all closer together, right. you know, ostensibly to the parent's phone. And then that was just dropped. Mm. Uh, that just went away. And then, but the disheartening thing, and, and, you know, I really am a positive person and I'm sure we'll get to something positive soon, but, yeah. you know, in a triple bid situation, I always feel very, very confident because we are a small company. We are a nimble company. We, mm -hmm. you know, pivot, pivot is all we've ever been doing as technology has been changing. You know, know what I mean? So pivot, pivot, pivot in a triple bid situation. I feel very competitive. My directors are, are very creative and we're all thinking outside of the box. What I found out, you know, was we were competing at a low number against 10 different people. And a lot oh. of those were the giants. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everyone's reaching, reaching down to pick up any, any sort of, yeah. 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 So that tells me that the ecosystem is changing, you know, going to my little watering holes. I'm seeing some larger elephants and yeah. giraffes You're there. Like, Wait a minute. You know, a lot of companies <laughs> immediately put out, you know, some shooting methodologies to help promote themselves to agencies to get them. Did you do anything of that sort? Did you have any plan or put out any any sort of approach or just have conversations with your existing clients and I I didn't I I have to say that right now I'm only beginning to believe in some of this. You know when you guys remember when 3D came out again, yes. you know maybe again. Like, you know yeah. I just well, it was jaws 3 or yeah. the first time I really remember it where you just sit in the theater with those and then it came out again without Yeah, yeah it's like the, every 50 the years, the 50s, the 80s and then yeah, 2010. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I didn't you know, I didn't believe in it and I didn't buy the new television, I didn't buy the cameras. Yeah. You know, Mary, you, do you know Mariusz? Uh, he's a, mm -mm. one of these genius DPs who's all the time on the cutting edge of all the technology and stuff. Mm. And in that time, he was showing me camera systems. He was showing me how, you know, cause he was excited by it and I was excited by it, but I didn't believe in it. <laughs> um, yeah. And same thing when I started like right away, Oh, I'm still getting things from like casting people and stuff like, this is how we can do this. And this is how we can right. do that. I'm like, mm -hmm. show me where the testing for this is first. Show me where, mm. right. you know, anybody is saying this is how you bring five people together right yeah i, I agree completely safely yeah so i am seeing it but I'm, I'm not sure that it there's things have gelled yet right right and having a healthcare worker in the house 
Is she helping inform some of your thinking on this? Yeah, because all of the medical people are not catching it, you know, it Mm -hmm. lets me know that there are ways that humans can interact. But, you know, right now they're wearing what you could compare to a wetsuit, you know, they're they're fully covered. It's like Dustin Hoffman in Outbreak. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) There's a reference for you guys, kids. That was a movie from the 90s. You know, you, so you know that that's not going to happen. But then you see even the cashiers or some of the people in the medical world, they're wearing those plastic yes, you know, face shields mm-hmm. that you might see in a w- woodworking shop. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe we can start there. You yeah. know, um, we are already segmented by call sheets. You know what I'm saying? Um, We don't all have to sit on the back of a cube, smoke cigarettes and drink coffee. You know, we don't have to, you know, my wife's family, they're also avid golf players. And one of the things that's happened in golf now, as odd as this may seem, is everybody has individual golf carts. Oh, right. No one's sharing golf carts right now. Right. So getting 15 crew members in a 15 pass, you know, doesn't seem like a good idea, but you know, when you're talking about all of these little fundamental things, these are some of the concerns that a producer or an executive producer who's putting people out in the field. These are the things that can yeah. potentially keep me up at night. Exactly. So yeah, let's talk about that though. You know, we're as producers nervous because, you know, this is a new aspect of our job that we didn't expect to have. And that's safety is one thing, but the health, personal health of everybody on set is another thing. So where's your mindset on that? Are you confidently ready to embark upon this new style of production and keeping everyone safe or taking a step back? Or, I mean, obviously we talked about, you know, the initial first, you know, few months of taking a step back, but where are you, where are you at now in terms of crew safety? Right. So I need to be informed. I've, I, I didn't invent how filmmaking was done. Yeah. I didn't invent the role of the first AD. You know, I didn't invent the safety meeting, but yeah. I subscribe to them. Yeah. So I have a little, you know, filter. Number one, uh, I check in with government, right? Right. And then I feel like I have a wonderful insurance company. They're called DR Reef. They're here in the city. Mm-hmm. They have never steered me wrong on, you know, can I ask this actor to do this? or we, for quite some time, uh, dealt with a gentleman, star talent, who was well into his 80s. And mm-hmm. and as we were filming him, you know, unfortunately, t- toward the end of his life, he was bringing oxygen on the set and at some point needed a, a full-time nurse with him. Mm-hmm. And so I had grave concerns, you know, about safety and my crew and what mm-hmm. happens if, well, you know, what if there's a fire? What if a fire is called yeah. and there's a gentleman who doesn't move so well who needs to get into a wheelchair and then his oxygen has to be handled, you know? Right. So there are people, professionals in our industry whose job it is to think about these types of things 24-7. And to be quite honest, a lot of things I've always found, it's like, oh, yes, you have to sign this rider and it costs $800 or $1,200 extra. You, you know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. We've all kind of seen that sort of thing. And so when these super complicated problems can be 
attached to an $800 rider. Yeah. Then we're ready to go. Yeah. Unfortunately, until those very smart people, accountants, you know, saying this is how workman's comp, you know, what's going on with workman's comp and people. Nobody's covering anything yet. Working. Yeah, exactly. So then you want to open your personal life up to liability, your company up to liability, the client up to liability. Like we don't know what the moving forward is going to be. So, you know, why be the test subject there? Right. So, you know, you guys asked a question and I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but this is exactly where I got this from. You ask a question about 9-11 on your sheet mm-hmm. and, and that experience taught me to focus in on what the immediate danger is. Like, what is the danger to myself and my crew right. and my client, you know, my people? Right. And because instantly in that situation, there was a lot of hype. And it was difficult to cut through the hype and get down to like, what are the bare bones of this situation? Yeah. I would love to jump in and ask you switching topics. (laughs) So it looks like you have found a way to become creative Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in this time. And I know that in the beginning, we were, I mean, you know, we found a way to be able to talk about ourselves and people and keep close to our community. And it looks like you have too. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about this um, live television show you put on three times a week? (laughs) Yes, because this is exactly how I'm, I'm working on both ends. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Number one, I'm waiting for instruction, waiting for Mm -hmm. insurance people and government people to help me understand, you know, a crew of five to a crew of 15, right? Right. In the meantime, I've gone to the other end of the spectrum and I've seen what we're all doing as a society. And then I have taken my tools that I know as a producer, Mm -hmm. conceiving of, you know, some creative and breaking it down. And then I've applied that to exactly what we can do safely. Yeah. And I've gone to the part of this business that I've always loved. I've gone instantly to the talent part of it. And so we're live streaming a variety show Mm -hmm. uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And basically, I've taken a quarantined platform through Zoom and Skype. Mm-hmm. And using talents that we have from our nine to five, editing, suggesting lighting. Oh, is there a window over there? Go sit over <laughs> Go there. The can, you bring, can you bring the harp over to the window? You know, because real human beings don't think like that. But if right. you can, <laughs> with a little eyedropper, we apply what we know, what's in uh-huh. our DNA, you know, as producer people. Yeah. And then we're just reaching out. It was, we've had the good fortune of being on this show for a little interview segment, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was very professionally run. It was and very professional, and, it, it, you know, it's a live show, so that was exciting. It was great to see how you put that together, and I can imagine also, you know, we know doing this show, it's a lot of work. And oh. to do it live is about it's even more work. But <laughs> it's scary. I, I imagine it's 
kept you active. It kept your brain going and kept you kind of involved in the conversation, which I imagine has been great. Yes. And because I'm working, you know, on both ends, Mm -hmm. I've now, you know, started to reach out to more talent that I didn't know. Like it's, oh, it was easy to fail in the beginning with my friend. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Well, we're still on our friends, just so you know. <laughs> no, you guys are doing an amazing <laughs> job, you know. And and I really I I'm checking in. I'm I'm watching you guys, you know, cast wider and wider and wider. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, what I'm really getting from your show is that you are going you're creating ripples of benefit and ripples of mm. uh investment mm-hmm. that I think you probably don't even realize at this point. Probably. Yeah, probably not. Uh, well, thank you. That's very nice yeah. to hear. And, you know, one thing that keeps kind of coming up on the show and I think in life in general is people are, you know, saying, you know, this is the time to renew and reinvent and, you know, reconceive our industry or whatever industry you're in or yourself. I don't know if you have any thinking towards that, but we are kind of redesigning how we operate going forward from here. You know, we're kind of rewriting some of the rules, at least. Are there any aspects of this industry that you would like to see change or remember from this time to better itself coming out of this? You know, it's hard because our industry demands segmentation of humanity. You have to focus on the sneaker wearers. You have to focus on moms with children between the ages of three and seven. What I would hope we can do is see more of the things that bring us together as humans, more of the reasons why we are the same, rather than this relentless segmentation of messaging and communication. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's where we get ourselves in trouble in terms of this virus operates by certain rules and regulations. And it would be helpful if we all as a society were able to hear from someone non-political, non-politically, but medically and scientifically, mm-hmm. what those rules and regs are and what some honest time frames would be. Yeah. Right. But unfortunately, and our industry is some of the flag bearer for that, segmentation is the norm. Yeah. So everybody's only, you know, making bank when they segment us and then put that messaging out that they know we want to hear. Right. Target specifically that segment. Yeah. So if we were able to change, I would, at starting at the creative mm-hmm. atomic level, I would love to see us consider more holistically the human family. Right. Right. In terms of how we do things, you know, I think the only way our industry could have gotten to where it is, is by following the mantra of safety first. So Mm. I'm very Mm -hmm. proud most oftentimes to be part of this industry because it is a safety first industry that makes things look totally chaotic, totally crazy you know, totally out of control. But on set, the way that that was created was in a very regimented way with very 
well-trained professionals Mm -hmm. doing what they do best in a very safe manner. So the nitty gritty of how, how do I get 15 people, you know, to the swamplands of New Jersey without putting them in a 15 pass? I do not know. But I do believe that when the safety first people in our industry have the time and the resources to put their minds to it, Mm -hmm. they're going to tell us exactly how to do it. And I'm going to say, oh, this is a wonderful way. I wish I had thought of that. Right. And um, as producers, we are tasked with, you know, getting an elephant in three hours or... A unicorn. A, a unicorn. God bless. I had, I had a crew member say, are we really getting a unicorn? I was like, absolutely. Uh-huh. And, yes, there will be one tomorrow. And then she came up to me at breakfast the next day and said, there's no such things as unicorns. <laughs> I love it. Well, so, so yes, but yes, that's what we do. Exactly. Yeah. And so we'll always figure out a way. And I think that a lot of what's going on right now is everybody is scenarioing the death out of, you know, what we're going to look like or be like, or, but until we have, like you said, a, an entity saying, you know, this is how we should proceed that, you know, cause we're not medical officers. Yeah. And less people forget. <laughs> we're not safety officers. We we don't belong to OSHA. We, you know, can barely well, all we know how to do is sing happy birthday twice while we wash our hands, right? I understand too that we will no longer have bowls of guacamole sitting out for everybody to pick from. We know these things, <laughs> we right? Know that. So but love to know if you had any advice, whether this be for the creatives out there who are like, you know, still at home and they're just itching to get something to do or whether it be for, um, you know, more broader than that, would you have any advice that you'd like to share for the people? Yeah. I think if, if the creatives have, you know, creative to burn, if we can agree that this stuff is going to cycle through, Mm -hmm. then let's try to get the messaging more specific because I think what, what I'm, just watching and of course it's knee-jerk reaction is uh we're hitting the same notes over and over again Mm -hmm. i agree and and they're they're beginning to me to ring a little false like our Mm -hmm. slip is showing yeah Yeah. (laughs) because at first it was unique that mom and dad spent more time with the kid and we were making yeah pasta together but now there's no fucking flour there's no more flour (laughs) Exactly. It's not like kids just yeah. sitting in front of computers. They're running around. They're like, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So what is this moment then? Like, yeah. Tell me about two months into this, you know, mm-hmm. because we need to see in dots progression where we were, where we are, because that's the only way we're going to know like breadcrumbs as we proceed forward. But just telling us, over and over again that my family is together in times like this, you know, where Kate and I are already in times like these, you know, like, <laughs> like okay. Yeah. Uh, so not hitting the same notes, if that's possible, we don't need to see another commercial that states we need each other now more than <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah. And then I think for us in production, caution rules and safety first. And yeah. We need to have the mentality of scale up slowly. Yeah. Because having a three person team 
acting safely is very different than a 35 person team. Totally. And we all know that some members of our production community have reputations of being, you know, those kinds of people who know what their job is and don't want to be told how to do it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And yes. Mm -hmm. So even our paper plans, our plans that we make on paper, Mm -hmm. we all agree to these things. When you bring 35 people to the table, it's hard for one producer or one first AD to be able to acknowledge, isolate, and help that particular individual who may steer things more difficultly for the whole team. So that is the most diplomatic statement that I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. Cause I know three people that you're talking about right now in New York. <laughs> it is true. You have to keep your eye on the variables. You know, I think that's how I've kind of been describing like, what are our variables that we can't control? And that's the danger point for us. Right. You know, it's like everything we, we know here is safe and clean and sanitary, but then these things come in and out, out of our lives. And that's where you have to kind of focus your awareness on. So that. Very, very smart. Um, Scott, we thank you so much for spending yes. some time with us today. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep watching your show. Uh, when is it? Tell, tell me when it is again. What nights? Yeah, Tuesday and Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook and YouTube. Must watch TV. Yes. Before you go, uh, one final question. Um, what do you miss most? Mm-hmm. All of us. Yeah. I miss our oh. crews. Yeah. I miss walking through a studio that is just alive with people Mm. doing all kinds of crazy things. And I get to, I am blessed enough to walk through it all and say hello and stick my nose in it and see what's (laughs) going on and just be fascinated by the abilities of professional crew members. Yeah. I miss that. Very talented, very talented craftspeople. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. You're the host Same of the here. party. You've thrown the party. You have gathered all these people together. You're going to feed them. You're going to tell them where to poop, tell them what time to get there. <laughs> and you've provided them with all the equipment. And then, and, then you and, can just walk around and say And hi, let them and, do their best work. Exactly. I yeah. miss that so much. Scott, thank you. Thank you so much, Scott, for your time. Thank you. And squeeze thank that, you squeeze so that cake for me. <laughs> yeah, I will. You guys keep up the good work and I'm checking in, following you. Thank you. Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you. What a great guy. Scott Robinson, ladies Scott and Robinson, gentlemen. Scott Robinson, <laughs> He is, uh, I've known him forever, 2005, I think. And he's just he's from Georgia, like I am. Mm-hmm. Salt of the earth. And I, I do know that um, he tried his hand at uh, stand-up comedy too like he's a oh i can <laughs> kind of knows that. how to do it all yeah his timing is pretty impeccable so <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah he's a good man so we're very fortunate to have had him so thanks scott yeah thank you scott so this show was edited and co-produced by rob bloomkey artwork and logo designed by christopher daniels and our music was composed by kyle puccia Thanks for listening, everybody. We are back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, stay active, but keep on staying home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Clean that disgusting phone of yours because I knew you were tweeting on it in the bathroom earlier. And (laughs) if you do have to go outside, you know, please do. It's a beautiful day. Just wear a mask. Wear a mask. 
And be sure to send us your voice recordings or your emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any thoughts for shows, any thoughts for guests, anything you want to say and have your voice heard. Send it on in. Lawrence, how do people reach you directly? They can get me two places, lawrencetlewis.com or for voiceover work, voiceoflawrence.com. Christian, how do people get a hold of you? Sisterchristianproduces.com. New shiny website. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bye, everybody. See you tomorrow. Bye.